0: Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You know, last week, we had a wonderful time in the presence of God. We... enjoyed... demonstrations of the Spirit only because we had placed the appropriate honor and priority on the person of Jesus Christ and his gospel The Bible says when Paul talks in his concluding words to the Roman church he said that I yearn to come to you and return to you in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a fullness of blessing in the gospel, in the gospel that must and should be experienced by every child of God. And it is my belief, my conviction, that throughout the years there's been a very small portion if at all who has had a taste of that dimension of the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ the more we read the scripture, the more we understand the contents, the nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more I'm... convinced that one of the pursuits of the Christian man should be to reach an experience where Their testimony coincides with that which has been given to us to go after. The fullness of the blessing. The fullness of the blessing. There is a fullness of blessing in the Gospel of Jesus. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. He says, "He says, God hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus." The word actually "heavenly" is not there. It's in Christ. That means there are blessings that God has bestowed on us that are yet to be experienced by the vast majority of us in Christianity, and we can ascribe that reality to my people. I destroy. Because they lack knowledge. Knowledge is paramount, is important. You know, Paul says something in relation to knowledge. He says, we we know that in the world there is only one God and there are no such things as idols. He says that. But then he, 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 he switches, then he says, but we know that it is not in, this knowledge is not in everyone. Because he, he was trying to tell them that idols mean nothing. That eating food offered up to idols is, is like eating normal food because there are no such thing as idols. There are no such thing as idols. Imagine, you, 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 me, me, you, you. There are no such things as idols, none. Now, for those of us who grew up with the indoctrination or exposure to Idols would have a difficult time being agreeable to what Paul says, right? But the only reason why would be because you lack the knowledge that Paul possessed. And that knowledge gave him a different perspective, a different awareness, a different consciousness. And that's why knowledge is important. We are shaped by the knowledge that we possess. We are shaped by it. We are molded by it. So there is a knowledge required of us to possess if we are going to have any chance in this lifetime, in your lifetime, of experiencing the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the blessing is there, it is already given. It is for you to experience as reality. Praise God. Yes. That's why there is a direct correlation between the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the release of God's power. God cannot withhold His power in the presence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He cannot. Because the message of the gospel requires, the message of the cause requires that God prove it. It is one of the reasons why Jesus resurrected. As an eternal evidence of the power of God. That means you can possess a knowledge. You can possess an understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the person of Jesus Christ that gives you immunity from the hostilities, from the destruction and the dangers that exist within the universe. Because of your knowledge, possession and understanding of the gospel. So if there's any investment that you can make in your time in God is in that understanding, is in getting that understanding. We read throughout the scriptures, right? And the Bible tells us consistently to believe in Jesus Christ. Why? In fact, let me ask you a question I ask the Spirit of God. Let me see if you can answer better than him. Why is it important to believe in Jesus? What's so important about believing in Jesus Christ? You can ask each other. (laughs) May since you're late, you can tell us. Your hands are busy. (laughs) So, 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 So discuss among yourselves then. What's so important about believing in Jesus Christ? Discuss, talk among yourself, I need an answer. (laughs) Group session. Group session. Called into your presence as <clears throat> your womb. Your is deeper than the ocean. You are awesome. Are, are you going anywhere? One more minute One more minute I will give you a chance to choose Who's going to talk for the group (laughs) You good? (laughs) Amen Oh yep And silence in court. Let me hear those answers. Now you've been talking. Now you can't keep quiet. (laughs) Now, now you can't keep quiet. Yes. You agree? (laughs) Okay, someone else. Yeah? Okay. Do you agree? No. Okay. <laughs> Someone else then. Um, yep. Yeah. I think um, believing in Rodgers gives us access to experience the reality of divinity whilst we are on the divine fresh. Agree? Okay, one last one. I'll take I'll take he says believing in Jesus Christ gives us access, access to, to experiencing divinity, the reality of divinity, while we still fashion bull. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agree? Well, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say anything, can fault your answers, right? Because they all, they all, they all But let me tell you what the Spirit of God told me. Why is it so important to believe in Jesus Christ? Maybe I'll take this whole service to discuss that with you guys the answer really isn't complicated because to believe in jesus christ is to believe in god's undying unrelenting and unconditional love that god has for humanity and this is why it's important to believe in Jesus Christ. Forget the truth. Forget the love, the power. I mean, forget the power, forget the life. Forget who he is. The crux, the crux of believing in Jesus is that God wants you to believe in his love. For you know, the Spirit of God opened my understanding. I cried before God because for the first time I saw Jesus for who He really is. He is the manifestation, the expression, the symbol of God's love. As long as Jesus lives, as long as Jesus continues to reign, God will always have proof for his love, for humanity. Jesus' death, Jesus' appearance was not about him. There are two things that are so important in this mystery, that if you could understand it, you realize Why you can experience divinity on earth, why you can experience truth, why you can experience life, why you can walk the way, and it has everything to do with God justifying his creation for mankind. Mm. Since the fall of man, God has been held in a universal trial. For why the man whom he created in his image in his likeness pristine and in imperfection failed because that casts aspersions on the immutability of god so since his fall for, for thousands and thousands of years. God had had to prove himself. That he did not make a mistake. Prove himself to, 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 to his creation. That he did not make a mistake. Because the angels. Who were not created in his image and likeness. 66% of them were still pristine. They did not fall. For aeons, they kept true to God. But man, a few days after his creation, turned against him. Yet that man was in his image. Think about, think about, think about the reputation of God. Think about how that marred God's reputation among the Celestials. that you wait so long, give us a temporary title as the sons of God, and then you come aeons later, and say this is the true son of God, and it's not even generations later, a few days later, this one whom you say is the epitome of, of creation, is the glory of your creation, Commits high treason against you. You probably made a mistake. They might not have said it; creation might have not have said it outside, but it was something internal throughout the aeons. The creation was contemplating. That's why the Bible tells us that God was manifested in the flesh. Justified. Justified. Acquitted. Notice, he was not acquitted before he manifested in the flesh. He was acquitted after. Because the manifestation of God, the manifestation of God in the flesh, in the form of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who we know now today, was actually the proofing the evidence of God's unrelenting love for mankind. When the angels fell, He did not come. God was not manifested. He did not manifest. When the angels fell, when Satan took a third of the angels, We never see any manifestation of God. We see an angel confront Satan. We see Michael confront Satan. We don't see God. But When man falls, God sets a plan, in motion, to manifest himself. He doesn't send an angel. He doesn't send an angel. He doesn't send an envoy. He sends himself, to even go deeper, we could say that he splits himself, by begetting a son, who is created like unto his first son. The Bible doesn't say Jesus was first, the Bible says Adam was first. Adam, the first Adam and the second Adam. That means Jesus came after Adam. That means the manifestation of Jesus Christ as a man was not in God's original plan. It was not in his plan A. Now you can look at me and say, "Whoa." Had Jesus been God's first plan, there would not be Adam. There would not be Adam. There's a reason why Adam is the first man. And the coming of Jesus Christ reveals God's substitutionary plan. The replacement of the first man by the second man. Who, incidentally, is God himself. Encased in human flesh. But he's God. He's God. He existed before everything and anything. John 3. Hallelujah. This means that to know Christ, to know Jesus, to have Jesus is to be loved by God. It's proof that God loves you. It's proof that God loves you. He loves you. That His affection for you never stopped. Because there were rumors and memories. creation when God took the man whom he had formed whom he had put in the garden and took him out of Eden that that is not an image of love that is not an image of love yet in God's eyes it was love the Bible here's what here's what the Bible says was the reason behind God taking Adam and Eve outside the garden. He says, lest they should eat of the tree of life. Huh. Before, God said to Adam, they may eat of the tree of life. But after they committed high treason, God says, lest they eat of the tree of life. I'm not drive them out and put a charm in there. To guard the way into the tree of life. Not into the garden. Into the tree of life. Why? Because had they eaten after the fallen state of the tree of life. They would have been eternally unredeemable. Because eating of the tree of life after that fact would have added permanency. To their death. That means, man would be without hope eternally. He would be like the devil himself. So while on face value, it might not have looked like love. It was love in the eyes of God to drive them out of Eden. To save them and to give himself an opportunity to redeem himself and justify himself in the eyes of creation. To show that I did not make a mistake by creating man. I did, the Bible tells us this. That love does not. Yet the man whom God created out of love. Failed and fell. So love had to redeem itself before the face of creation. God had to save man. That's why the Bible says that a righteous man may fall seven times God will still go after him. It's not about the man. It's not about the man. It's about God proving a point. Not that he is powerful. But that he loves man. And that his love for man would cause man to reach perfection. And that's why growth in Christianity is only possible when you come to believe that God loves you. Until you believe in God's love for you, you can never grow spiritually. can never you can never grow truly spiritually there'll always be a defect because the strength of your Christianity is upon the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice is validation and proof that God loves you so his sacrifice is not about you his sacrifice is about him proving that he loves you so until you believe in that sacrifice a symbol as evidence of love you can never reach the dimensions of love and relationship and fellowship with God Jesus is not a symbol of judgment to creation he's a symbol of love it is only after the door to salvation has been closed that he becomes a symbol of salvation but up until that time His arms are still wide open. His testimony still resounds throughout the earth that I love you. And no matter, no matter how you are, where you are, how you look, while we were yet dead in our sins. While we were yet dead in our sins, he said he loved you. He loved you in your sinful state. So God's desire in, in the manifestation of Jesus Christ is in, is in mankind really having a, 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 a feel, groping about God's love. A feel of how much God loves them. Every time he says believe in him, he's telling you see how much I love you, see how much I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus is the echo of God's love to the universe. Not that I love creation, but that I love man. For to whom of the angels have you ever said, sit at my right hand until I make you footstool? To whom of the angels has he ever called son? This is a gospel of love. God proved that love bears all things, believes all things, suffers all things by God, and it will still win in the end. He proved it for, for millennia. For millennia. For millennia, He proved How he could endure the frailty of man. The Bible says he remembers our frame that we are yet dust. My God. And then he tolerates us. He suffers long. He's patient with us. The Bible tells us that God is slow to anger. He's slow to... God. God didn't get angry when Satan rebelled. He didn't get angry. not get angry when Adam did what he told him not to do he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten of the tree I told you not to eat of?" and Adam said it is the woman you gave me and she turns and what have you done the woman said "It is the serpent and God said from this day you are cursed and then he looked at them and then he looked at them but his heart was broken no anger shown in all that discourse no anger was shown but pain disappointment john chapter 3 imagine believing in god exempts you from the harsh Conditions of the universe, the judgment of the universe, believing. Oh, let's read it. Jesus Himself is saying this. And as Moses, verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man must but the, must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus says, says that first but he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't give context. He says that but he doesn't give context. Right? In, 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 that, in that, why must we believe in him? He says that they may have everlasting life. Why then must we believe in you? then then he begins to give context to what he just said he said because because whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life because god (laughs) read verse 14 i mean verse 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 15 So the sun must be lifted up. Right? In the same way Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the sun must be lifted up that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then read verse 16. Because nah, I need you to say it. Because. Because let's let's go let's go let's go to verse 15 again. stop because why will you not perish why will you have eternal life because God so loved the world imagine imagine if you heard this message this gospel and you you knew nothing about Jesus and then you were offered eternal life it means a life without end a life without pain a life without destruction and then you ask why are you offering me this Because all I've known all my life is pain. All I've known all my life is destruction. All I've known all my life is calamity. Why? Why? And then he says because I love you. He doesn't say because you have sinned and I forgive you. The precipice of the death. The burial of Jesus Christ was not your sin. The motivation was not your sin. The motivation was His love. Was His love. Because you don't come into salvation by believing that Jesus died for your sins. You come into salvation by believing that He is Lord. So he says, because God so, so, he he doesn't say love the world. He said, so. He's talking about the immensity of that love. The magnitude of that love. The depth, the width, the height of that love. He says, because God so, so, for the first time, Jesus reveals to men, there is, there is nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, before this point in time, where this is known among men. The prophets themselves could not figure it out. They, they kept looking, kept searching, they could not find the answer. Yet, they were prophesying about the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Yet, they could not figure it out. What, what is this? Jesus, Jesus is the one who revealed to us that God gave him, the Bible says, God who spared not his own sons. Do do you understand that? That God was willing to let Jesus die. For you. He was willing to prove how much he loves you. God used his son to prove the death of his son. To prove how much he loved you. So Jesus had to die. God's only begotten son. The pride of the universe. The, The Bible says he is the beginning of the creation of God. The first thing, if you were to put it that way, that God ever created, the first thing was Jesus. In whatever form he is, it was He. And God said, you're going to die because I have to prove to humanity, to creation, to the Celestials, that I love the world. God trampled on Jesus. To show you that he loves you. You said, for for so God loved the world. Now you can understand the struggles in Gethsemane. You can understand why Jesus was was so, was so, was so conflicted within himself. He was struggling within himself. Because for a moment, right before Gethsemane, he had prayed. That the Father glorified him with the glories which he had. At that point in time, he had, he was fully cognizant of, of his eternal life with God. He was fully cognizant of the depth and the intensity of his fellowship with God. And for that moment, he said, "Ah, I'm going to be separated. I'm, I'm going to experience Amaki Trahada. What man, Experience for six thousand years, I, I'm going to experience it. I'm going to be alienated from God. That's why on the cross he cried, Eloi, Eloi, la Why? He said, my God, my God, why have you for God forsake Jesus? To prove that He loves you. of all that is He's. Just to show this evil, sinful, wicked, unloving, disrespectful, undeserving, pathetic human being that I love you. I love you. Among the scholars, it is debated that the question that was asked by God in Psalm chapter 8 was from an angel. What is man that thou art so mindful of him? God was questioned, what, what is it about this dust? That you are so mindful of him. But what they didn't know is God stands to lose an inheritance should man perish. That God will lose something of himself should man perish. So he said, this is what we're going to do. You are going to go down as a man, suffer as him, live as him. And for three years, for three years, for three years of your life, the final years of your life, you're going to show man what love is. You will walk in their synagogues and heal their sick. You will go at Sabbath and deliver man men who are who have been castrated, men who have been pained, suffering, man who had been dying, man, diseased, blind, sick, dead, and and, and for three years, you, you, are, you are going to go on a love divine crusade. And you're going to heal everybody, irrespective of their background, irrespective of why they got into that position, you're going to heal them. And you're going to ask no questions. That's why they were shocked when those men who were stoning the woman whom they told her they found her in adultery. And Jesus, they expected him, they expected him as, as the Messiah that he was to lay judgment on that woman. And Jesus wrote down whatever he wrote and then he looked at them and says he who's without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Even Jesus Himself did not judge the people that were judging the woman. You see, we 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 focus on the fact that Jesus didn't didn't judge the woman because her sin was known. But Jesus didn't judge the men who were judging the woman who wanted to stone them. He knew they had sinned, yet he did not judge them. He let, he let them judge themselves he, without sin. And cast the first stone. The Bible says from the eldest to the youngest. They all left one by one. And then she looked at the woman. She said, woman, where are the accusers? He said, no way, Lord. He says, neither do I judge you. Go and sin no more. If Jesus was not oblivious to her sin. But she was not going he was not going to judge her for it. He says, go and sin no more. He says, neither do I judge you. Neither do I judge you. Neither do I judge you. The reason why people still run away from God even after Jesus has done so much for humanity is because they think God is out to judge them. So they feel it is a gospel of judgment and destruction that will save people. But that's not what God thought. God thought it was that of love. So he said, "For so God loved the world that he gave. That means Jesus did not come of his own volition. I want to add add something, a layer to this. Jesus in Gethsemane said, Father, not my will, but your will. That means it was not Jesus' will to come die. He said it. Not my will, but your will. So Jesus did not come of his own volition. It was not his will to come. It was his will to obey the Father, but not to come. It was the Father's will. That means it was the Father who initiated the salvation program of humanity. It was the Father. The Father said, You're going to die. And I'm going to save this man. For so God loved the world. For so God loved the world. For so God loved, that means your weakness in life, in Christianity, is only a function of your ignorance. He says believing in God makes you indestructible. Continue reading, read everything then. For so God, for so God, read it please. No, everybody. I want everybody to read it. Let's read it, please. Wait. For God so loved the world that he... Savana Kivane Vene Hanselia Rape Kotonovene Galeshida Madakrehiste. Read, 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 read. For God so loved the world that he gave only begotten Son. That means to have Jesus is to have God's love. To know Jesus is to have God's love. I, 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 I don't know if you understand me. The knowledge of Jesus is the experience of the love of God. That means God says, you don't have to feel that I love you. Look what I gave you. That knowledge enough. That knowledge is enough. As evidence. He proves that love is not a feeling. Love is evidence. That's why he says love not in word. Love not in word only but in deed. He's telling give evidence. Love is evidence. It's not an emotion. No, the root of love is not an emotion. The root of love is evidential. So he says, you want to know how much I love you? He says, look inside your spirit. Who is in there? He said, no, it's the spirit of Christ. He said, yes, I love you. that for the rest of your life you will never feel unloved to know God loves you in spite of your failures of your faults of your frailties of your weakness He loves you my God that would dissolve every sin Every power that exists, every stronghold, it will destroy it. Because your entire life, your entire life as a Christian, you thought you were fighting alone. You thought you were walking alone. You thought you were going through life alone. When the, when the storms of life attack you, when the circumstances of life and the mountains of life rise against you, you thought to yourself, where is God? Does God not know that I'm in trouble? Does God not know that I need help? But God says, no. No, I've known that even before you experienced this. I've known that before you were even born, that you will come into this harsh world, that you will come into this trial-infested, tribulation-full world. I knew it, that you will come in here. And I already made reservation and allocation for, for your victory at every point in time. The Bible says, we are more than conquerors. Through Him who loved us, we are more than conquerors. That means it is the revelation of God's love that gives you the consciousness of a victor, the consciousness of a conqueror. We are more. In other words, we've conquered our enemies, conquered our trials, even before we ever faced them. Why? Because there was one who loved us. There was one who loved us. When the Spirit of God told me this, I said, Lord, is this true? I said, is, it, uh, is this true? Is this true? And the Spirit of God said, Son, it is as I say. And I said, Dear Lord God Almighty, I've been missing out on this love because I always thought that if I don't believe, if I don't believe, I will come to ruins. I said, No, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. I always wanted you to believe. And the reason was because I wanted to you." To believe in my love. Because if you can believe in Jesus. You can believe that I love you. Because the sacrifice of Jesus alone. Is proof that I love you. Says God. Who spared. Not his own son. How. Shall he not. Along with him. Freely give us. All things that means the love of Jesus the love of God gives you access to all the treasures that are available in the universe of God that means if you know that God loves you you can walk in every throne room every holy room Jesus when when, when the Pharisees were, were, were casting Judgment upon upon his disciples for eating in Sabbath. He said, did you not know what David did? How that he went into my God He went into the holy place and ate of the bread that was on the table of shortbread Which was only meant for the priest and David who being not a priest ate of it He violated protocol nothing happened to him Why why David was called the beloved of God. David believed that God loved him. Therefore he believed he could, access, he could access anything. And he entered the holy place. He ate the bread because he was hungry. not because he was hungry. Yet the place he was entering was only meant for priests to enter. Under the covenant, if, if anybody unauthorized enters, dies, But because David was hungry, he ate and nothing happened to him. Why? Why? It's a consciousness of love. When a child knows they are loved by his parents, he has no doubts, no fears, no concerns about what, what he does, whatever he wants, he has the consciousness that he can get. Why? It's a consciousness. If you're not sure your parents love you, you'll not be sure that the, the, the juice in the fridge is yours. You, you'll not be sure whether you should take it or not. You should not you, you'll not be sure if, if you should open the bread bean and, and eat that bread. You'll not be sure. You'll not be sure that the, 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 the chips that are inside the cabinetry is yours. You'll not be sure. Why? Because you're not sure that your parents love you. That's why if you are not sure that God loves you, you'll not be sure when you are cast with sickness that healing is yours. You'll not be sure when you are ravaged by poverty that riches, abundance is yours. That's why a lack of the appreciation of the consciousness of God's love for you will affect you in every area of your spiritual, physical, emotional life. Scarcely will a man die for his friend. <laughs> scarcely will a man die for his friend. Scarcely, scarcely will a man die for, for the friend whom he loves. She says, rarely will that happen. But Jesus died. Do, do you understand that? If, if you had that love, As part of your consciousness You never need validation Your life will never be controlled by the opinions of man You will never never suffer peer pressure You will never suffer the need to want to fit into groups, to cliques You will never never suffer any of those things Why? Because God's love is enough Because God's love died for you God's love saved you God's love, my God, delivered you. God's love redeemed you. He told, he told Hosea. He said, I want you come for I want you to go now and go marry a whore. So that you can show Israel how much I love them. And the man went. And married a harlot a prostitute called goma and god said have children by her and love her and even after the man gave that woman so much the woman still went back the bible says to her lovers. and even at that point god said go and buy her back from the slave house and bring her back in He said in Jeremiah, he said, I have loved you with an undying love, with an everlasting love. I have loved you. And the epitome of that love, you see, see, Solomon did not feel it. Jeremiah could not feel it. Isaiah could not feel it. Moses could not feel it like you and me could. You and me can feel that love better than them because... We, we have Jesus as a testament. They had nobody. Only God's word. And their love was based, their experience of God's love was based on whether or not they loved them. That's why the first commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God. But with you, it is not thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Is that the Lord thy God loves you. With all his heart. With all his mind. With all his strength. He loves you. He loves you. They initiated the love. But God, through Jesus Christ, initiates his love to humanity. We love him because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. Think about what God meant his love to make you. He He meant for his love to make you a champion. Let's read it. For God so loved the world. So it's God's God's love that makes us partakers of his life. It's God's love that makes us partakers of his power. It's God's love that makes us partakers of his spirit. Nothing of ourselves, not by works of flesh, lest any man boast. You see, the message of the gospel of Jesus is a message of God's love. It's a message of God's love. And that's why Satan hides this gospel so much because he doesn't want you to know how much God loves you. He wants you to keep the image of Adam and his fall, of Adam and being exiled from the Garden of Eden. He wants you to keep that image of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. He wants you to keep you to keep you in the bondage, in the stronghold of how Israel was enslaved for 400 years. It says if our gospel is heed, is heed, it is heed to those who do not believe, who are perishing. Why? Why? The God of this world has blinded their eyes, has blinded their eyes, lest they should see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So when they ask me, why do you believe in Jesus? Because God loves me. Why are you so enamored, fascinated by Jesus? Because God loves me.